Welcome to Brand New Doctor. My name is Rola Kerajo, doctor turned healthcare graphic designer and brand strategist. This is the show where we share big ideas and look for inspiration in all kinds of places to help you grow a fulfilling career in healthcare. Following a path to success is one thing, but carving your own is another. So this is for you if you want to go beyond book smart. We all have an experience of design because of technology. Mm -hmm. So you make design decisions, even if you're just putting together a Word document, even if you're in your day-to-day life, rearranging your room, whatever it might be, these are Mm -hmm. all design decisions, the clothes that you wear, even if you feel like you're not making a statement by not making a statement you are you are actually making a design statement mm-hmm. everyone is naturally in their day-to-day lives doing design work they just don't realize it coming to into the design world i just realized that everything is designed that our experiences are designed as well and it's not just about the visuals mm-hmm. that we can really affect the way that people feel about things and so you know now i can i can think of a million and one things that I think could be designed better in healthcare and in the GP practice or the digital, the standard of digital design in healthcare as a whole, generally that that can be improved. And I just wondered from your experience, you know, as a designer and a human being, from your experience of healthcare, what would you want to change? Is there anything in particular that you can think of that you might want to change? The companies who are being successful, there are companies like Babylon, Mm -hmm. people like that, who have obviously successfully thought about how to use digital design to make the process of seeing a GP much more successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The things that for me would be better designed would be, I'll give you a big one, hospital wayfinding. Yes, yeah. that's a good one. Okay. I'd love to design some hospital wayfinding. Mm, because We should team up. <laughs> yes, because it also shouldn't necessarily be a visual thing. Mm-hmm. We should be thinking about haptic technologies. We should be yeah. thinking about like the to rumble strike theory of, of if I have an appointment in a certain part of a hospital, mm-hmm. I have my phone in my pocket, it vibrates if I go off course or maybe it vibrates if I need to turn the corner. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. just, I'm just spitballing here, but we have to design inclusively. So mm-hmm. currently hospital wayfinding is not. It's completely visual. I can't think of an example of a hospital and obviously I'd love someone to correct me if I'm wrong here. Mm. And I'm thinking about NHS, NHS hospitals, mm-hmm. a color, a color coded system, something that you have to look up for something that seems to require like an, a, a knowledge already of mm-hmm. things calling wards, random names, random names yeah. rather than just what the services that it provides. Mm-hmm. These are all things that could be better designed through user testing and through actually like making, asking p- people who go to the hospital, could you even find your way to this place? <laughs> yeah. And I guess within that, there's, there's, there's the whole experience behind being in a hospital as well mm-hmm. and making the places feel less like it's a medic, it's a medical environment, but it doesn't have to feel like, yeah. like th- there's, there's definitely like a, there's definitely a front of house of a hospital yeah. that could be more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> uh, Agreed. Yeah. And there's obviously places where it needs to be different, but mm-hmm. yeah, hospital wayfinding. If I could redesign that, that'd be a dream job. Yeah. And we should collaborate on it. Yeah. Because I think we could do it. I think, I think we could do it too. I don't know if it'll be successful what we do, <laughs> but I'd like to see what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> I'd be, you know, the doctor who doesn't know their way around that hospital. Yeah. <laughs> consulting. Come, yeah. <laughs> this ward, which I don't know the name of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think that I think that sounds like a great idea. And and to your point about just the environment of hospital, the kind of front of house hospital, completely agreed. I think that especially when I was working with my sister in the dental practice, that was a really important focus for me is to kind of take out that kind of those clinical references that put people on edge that aren't necessary. There's this kind of, you know, there's a color palette, I would say, in my mind that I associate with healthcare that I actually think is triggering for people. Yeah. I think as well, if you just, if you think about like where we've gone wrong with, because design isn't just visual, it's also sonic sound, Mm. where we've gone wrong with alarm sounds, particularly in a hospital. Oh, you just ignore them. All these alarms that mean different things, but then there's maybe one that's actually really Mm -hmm. meaningful, but because there's so many, that's not a positive environment. No, no, it's not good. You you ignore most of them. And you have to, I remember having to like, be aware of the sound of the one that meant we needed to run to that patient's bedside. Yeah, but then no patients know that, do they? So they just think that every sound is a bad sound. <laughs> yeah, it's just alarming. It's yeah. alarming, but they, yeah, it's good. If you're trying to use design to convey very complicated ideas very quickly mm-hmm. and easily for someone to understand, when someone's potentially like someone's life is at risk if this goes yeah. wrong, if you're a graphic designer and you're designing something that is maybe a life-saving act because yeah. you're making something clearer, I can imagine that's a very difficult thing to design. I heard an anecdote about a PowerPoint presentation that was made for NASA. Right. And how, I mean, I can't really, you know, I can't remember exactly which rocket it was for, but there was a, there was a rocket that went up to space and there was a fault in it. And the reason they tracked it back to the reason why there was a fault in this rocket was because a PowerPoint presentation was created for health and safety and the creation of this rocket, but it was really poorly designed. It was like really unclear. There were loads of words on this presentation. Mm -hmm. You know, they hadn't thought about how to convey it visually. So something that was really important was lost in, you know, a hundred bullet points on a page. Yeah. So I kind of drew a parallel between Mm -hmm. the importance of that kind of design and also in healthcare, how how it could have that kind of importance. Yeah, for sure. I see a future where design and branding is used in healthcare to help to build trust between patients and the people who are providing care for them. I wonder what you think and how do you think design can help healthcare to get to a better future? I think if we can build emotional connection, we actually help people on their recovery journey. If we can help people or manage or their health, their condition, then we, we're, we're helping to sort of build healthier people. So I think it, it's about that. If we, can, if we can help people to feel safe and to open up and recognise the, uh, the whole picture of their health, I think that will lead to sort of, you know, better choices, living choices, and eventually to sort of better outcomes. That sounds a bit, you know, sort of like NHS speak, but I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, I'm sort of thinking of my mother actually, Mm. you know, being able to, as, as an older person, sort of feeling seen, feeling looked after would encourage her to look after herself better. Yeah. Yeah. And then she would be in a better position with her situation 
and uh, and everyone would be moving forward. But mm-hmm. I think her experiences of of you know going into hospitals and GPs is always a sort of that she feels a rebuff, you know, and and it, part of that's the environment and consultants, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the screen and not being seen yourself. And so it is all. I think if we can help people connect with each other and and then by doing that take care of their own lives but to do that you need strength you yeah know? so it's it's helping to connect with people to give them that strength that i think we can we can help build that future of health is made at home which is a book on our table here <laughs> the, the the word that we hear most is calm mm-hmm. right so you, you say so what kind of feeling do you want they go calm <laughs> When it's become, it's like mayhem in here, you know, <laughs> and, and it's very interesting when you look into that, because if you want to be perhaps a little bit sort of dark about it, you say, well, what you want is compliancy. You know, you want a compliant patient. You want somebody who will, but I think the other thing that you need, you know, that will let you look in your, your ear and won't wriggle. I'm talking about children now, but you know, you you don't want people to be angry. You you need them to have their resting heart rate. You don't want them to have an, an anxious heart rate. Mm. But I think the, the the other thing about calm is that it's it's not only about compliancy. Actually, the 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 diagnostic job is made much easier if the patient is able to feel themselves. You know, rather than feeling the kind of emotion which is related to the circumstances you know? I see you know do you know what I mean it's like so they so everyone says yeah we want to be calm for that reason because they can do their diagnosis better mm-hmm. right? and we had an interesting sort of flip on that which was we had these films that we made which were just single shots of of beautiful places where things change but not surprisingly <laughs> so you know just the, the light changes in the woods things like that and it was for a dementia ward and they found it very effective, you know, that if patients were feeling distressed, they would, they would take them, they'd show them in these films and they would calm down. But they had this other recognition, which was that if they didn't calm down, they realised it must be something else. I see. Okay. They, it wasn't that they were kind of distressed by the, you know, which very often happens with dementia patients, which is that they feel distressed because of, what they're experiencing, mm-hmm. but that it must be that they have they, you know, they had some urinary tract infection or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, so they were using it sort of in reverse as a sort of diagnostic tool. Oh, that's so interesting. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brand New Doctor. I hope it inspired you in your personal journey. Check out the notes for a summary of the show with all of the important links. And if you enjoyed this, do me a favor, subscribe and share this episode with someone else you think could benefit from this message. I'd love to hear from you. So why not leave a rating and review? It really helps other people to discover the podcast too. You can also find me on LinkedIn as Rolakeojo and on Instagram as Rolakeo.so. So that's all for now, but I'll be back soon with another episode of Brand New Doctor.